0: in the morning when you want the news
1: you need the front page every hour on the press box nothing's writing on this except the uh, first amendment the constitution freedom of the press and maybe the future of the country not that any of that matters and now the news well the first topic in the front
2: page is that we're on the air yay um, hi jared
3: yeah. Hey, so boys, how we going? How we doing? That good.
2: <laughs> we missed the 7 a.m. hour. Uh, Jared, do, do you want to give a rundown as to why we missed the first hour so people either tuning in now or if they're listening on the podcast confused as to why there's only two hours today, what happened?
3: So I, uh, I was trying to get sound, and I realized, huh, that's weird, I can't get any sound to download. All right, I'll just do it on my laptop from inside the studio. And I go to the studio, and I try to connect to you guys, and nothing happens our internet is down everyone's internet is down cox cable is down
2: but we're back but we're so back. so raider nation radio that clay and pritch were not on either
3: they were not um but they they were playing best of stuff so oh uh, no we don't
4: we don't have that
3: no no we don't uh,
4: you know we, we we don't do we don't have best of i wish we did i wish we could come up with one day's like that should be the best stuff right there that day what right about a? Uh,
2: can we do worst of
4: shows
3: i actually oh that'd be great i mean we'll just call it more crap
2: <laughs> just all all the segments where ed or i dropped out and jared had to fill time by no, himself yeah all the segments
3: yes. where i interrupt you guys to make a joke and there's just dead air for three seconds afterwards because neither <laughs> of you understand what i'm saying uh, but we're back now. You want a next question on next this? Next oh, question? Yes. 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 That yeah. That you were the, the first, first one. You were the right first there. question. I'll give
2: you credit. Kansas fired Les Miles. Impeccable timing with their press release at 9:53 p.m. in Kansas. Uh, this comes after these stories from LSU. Uh, by the USA Today, where Les Miles was accused of inappropriate relationships with female students. Uh, He has denied the story about him trying to kiss one of the female students, but ultimately he was using his position of power to say, hey, I'll help your career if you uh, do me a favor. Kansas has now fired Les Miles.
4: Yeah, kind of knew it was going this way when you read the LSU report, and uh, he was... uh, uh you know it's suspended i don't know suspended but they kind of told him to go away from cancer a little while while jeff long the ad there um uh investigated let me ask you this uh how much is this on jeff long how 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 well was your vetting
2: yeah i mean should you know this i guess when you call up sure. lsu and you say hey what's up with this guy do you expect lsu to say hey uh yeah he's a creep i I I guess if you have a good relationship with somebody there, maybe they do. But, uh, yeah, I I think it's fair to question Kansas. And, you know, did you not find this out when you were trying to hire Les Miles? Also, at the same time, when you're Kansas and the name Les Miles is out there for you, you probably don't do much vetting. You say, we're Kansas. We suck. Right? Uh, Yeah, we'll go get Les Miles, and we might ignore what there is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately – it's an easy decision for Kansas. It did, Like, LSU looks the worst in all of this. You hired him. Yeah, your betting process maybe isn't very good, but getting rid of him is the easy decision because the football side of this, it's not like what LSU where they were like, oh, we got to fire a good coach. He's been terrible at Kansas. So if you're Kansas, yeah. you're in the same boat as a football program, just don't have the creep as your I head mean, coach anymore.
4: He went 0-9, which is worse than 0-6. So, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We thought 0 and 6 was bad. 0 and 9's really bad.
3: Was anyone else kind of weirded out that the the Jeff Long, the athletic director, was like, We need to win football games, and that's exactly yeah. what we're gonna do. Yeah. And it's like, Yeah, not the time, man. Yeah, not- his
2: his statement was very much about yes, football wins are important right now, and not very much about what less miles actually does.
4: Yes.
2: Did. Yeah. Next question. The Lady Rebels lost to Wyoming 72-56 in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Women's Basketball Tournament. They were the two seed. They lost to the seven seed. Wyoming made 15 threes in the game.
4: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, 15's a lot. So, you know, I, I when they're gonna shoot that well, you're probably gonna lose. Um, it's too bad because, you know, they did have a really, really good season. We saw where they had so many of those awards. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year, or I think Freshman year, Coach of the Year, Lindy uh, Laroc. so, yeah, I mean, it's too bad, but if a team's going to hit 15 threes on you, then uh,
2: you're probably not going to get it done. Yeah, and that's uh, what leads to them getting not just uh, a loss, but a blowout loss in their yeah. first game of the Mountain West Tournament. But ultimately, I mean, again, massive disappointment, and this is, you know... If you're More so than the men's side. This is a one-bid conference every single year, and you can have a good regular season in the Mountain West, but it all comes down to the Mountain West tournament. And Wyoming's in the semifinals despite being the seventh seed, and UNLV's season is over despite being the two seed. Man, you know, that's a great question. Uh, well, this is not the biggest offensive lineman trade that we'll be talking about today. We'll get to Trent Brown in a minute, but the Dolphins traded for isaiah wilson isaiah wilson was the titans first round pick in 2020 he ended up playing in one game for the titans three snaps in his rookie year he had a bunch of different issues he was on the COVID list at one point during the year Uh, he also got in trouble because he was at a college party during a pandemic during the nfl or during training camp i should say and he was at a college party, and cops came, and apparently he was upstairs contemplating jumping out the window to try to run and get away. The Titans decided, yeah, we're done putting up with this. So the Dolphins and Titans simply swapped picks. We don't know what the picks were to get a. Wilson out of Tennessee.
4: Yeah, um, you know, with the pandemic and all the other craziness, a uh, little shock the Raiders didn't try to get this guy. Uh, <laughs> Might have fit right in. Uh, and, and now they need offensive linemen. Like you they said, we talk about the big one uh, gone today. But, uh, boy, they keep either trading or cutting these offensive linemen. I don't know who's going to be up front. This just goes to the belief that anywhere in that draft with your first-round pick, by far, they should be taking a defensive player. It's pretty much certain now they're taking an offensive lineman.
2: Oh, I have no doubt about it. No doubt yeah. about it. They should have – I'll tell you this. They should have traded Trent Brown straight up for Isaiah Wilson. Here's You take our problem, we'll, we'll take your problem.
4: I mean – You get him on a rookie deal and you know if he's any good at
2: all he's gonna be better in the fifth rounder you got back no doubt would have been yeah would have been way more than they got back but nope they got a fifth rounder back
1: great question thank you
2: so the deadline to use the franchise tag in the nfl is supposed to be today at 1 p.m pacific time but ian Rappaport reported that because the nfl has yet to actually set a salary cap number for next season that that deadline could get delayed and that we could have the franchise tag deadline pushed back because teams are basically saying, well, we're not going to franchise tag people until we know exactly what the cap is so we can figure out what we're going to do. I'm just annoyed because I want to know now, is Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, are they getting tagged? Are any of these guys going to actually hit free agency? And I can yell about the Raiders spending big time on a free agent wide receiver. Well. I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you'll find time to yell about things. So, uh,
4: whenever, whenever it happens, you'll be yelling. Uh, but I get—I mean, I totally get it. I mean, if I'm a team and I don't know what the cap's gonna be and I'm trying to figure out where I can spend and where I can't, I'm—I'm I'm fine with this delay, right? I mean, I—you oh yeah. I, you got to know what the cap is before you make these kind of decisions. So, you know, good for the league if they're gonna do this and like give other and give teams more time to make decisions. It makes sense in what has been a crazy year and. This is just another thing that follows this year and the pandemic and the money and what they've lost. And yeah, I don't want to problem with that. Well, I know you do,
2: but thing. you'll
4: you'll be able to yell.
2: The NFL just needs to set the damn salary cap, and everything well, will that, be fine. That, yeah, like, that would help too. Yeah. Like I listen, I know it's been a tough year. We're trying to figure out. Everybody's trying to figure out new things every day. But come the hell on, just set the salary yeah. cap, and everything will be fine. Everything will be good to go from there. All right, coming up next. The Raiders traded Trent Brown at approximately 4 a.m. this morning, so we'll get into the terrible era that was the Trent Brown two years in Las Vegas.
1: That's disappointing, no doubt. You know, it's very disappointing. We brought him in here and paid him to be the LeBron James of right tackles, and he's had a lot of adversity. He's had injuries and a number of injuries, and um, it's hurt our football team, no doubt, but um, that's part of this business, and... um, time being we'll, we'll play the next man up but hope to get Trent back and ready to roll for next season he's he's a great player he is a great football player he just got to get healthy it's the press box with
0: Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas 1100 a.m and 100.9 fm
2: LeBron James ever get traded for a fifth round draft pick
4: uh Maybe we, when he was at that uh, that high school that had the shamrocks on his jersey.
2: <laughs> the Trent Brown of right tackles has been traded by the Raiders to the New England Patriots. They sent Trent Brown and a seventh-round pick to New England for a fifth-round pick. Not only that, Trent Brown reworked his contract. Uh, he had two years left on it. He was going to make $14 million this season. He reworked it to where he only has one year left on that deal. He'll make $11 million this season. Um, what a disaster for the Raiders from start oh. to finish with the Trent Brown era.
4: Well, but is it, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. It's, you know, and this is, you, you, when you make when you make free agent moves, you're going to be judged and evaluated on them. And this has not been good for, for Mayock and Gruden, a lot of the moves they've made. And this is just yet another one of them. And, you know, I mean, he, I, I think it's safe to say he was pretty lazy. I know he got hurt. Um, I think if you talked within the organization each week, it was like, hey, are you still hurt? Are you still hurt? Like, well, how is this dragging on? Um, yeah, he was just he was a disaster. And, you know, and that's look, if we're, if you're going to get praised on, on good free agent signings and, and, and drafts, that's the world you live in. And they have not been good in free agency, and this is just another example of it. Now, I guess they could turn it around this year, but if you look at what they've done for the last two years— it's been pretty much a disastrous failure in terms of free agency. So this is the next one, and look, you get 14 million in relief, right? You're going to know the cap number. I think it's 14 million in relief. You get a fifth rounder back. So while it's a disaster, I guess you can say, hey, at least they cut their losses, and they, you know, they don't have to pay them. I mean, I don't know what the market was for Trent Brown, but it doesn't, it doesn't excuse the fact
2: it was a failure.
4: But I guess at the end, it's good to move them and get them out and get some relief for whatever else you're going to do, right?
2: I mean i'd rather have him on the team for for 11 million dollars if he was willing to re- rework it down to 11 for the patriots like the right now the raiders don't have an offensive line they're supposedly going to release richie incognito and gabe jackson and now they've traded away trent brown who who Tyler, the hell is blocking
4: for this team next Tyler, year? Th- those first three draft picks aren't going to be on defense it's going to be two guards <laughs> and a tackle I mean, I mean, I mean, I Okay, so would you rather? And that's the thing. I don't look. I don't know what they're thinking, but let me ask you this: and you'd rather have him? I mean, I think you're saying you'd rather have him if he was if he was willing to work and
2: get in shape and be good, I mean, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you get more than they got, 16 games in two years. So if you could tell yeah. me, I'm getting get more than eight games next season, I'd rather have him. Yeah. But it's like, again, first off, the signing obviously disaster. You go back to the offseason. The Raiders gave Tyra Williams, the Marcus Joyner, and Trent yeah. Brown massive deals none of those three are with the team anymore uh terrible offseason absolutely terrible offseason two years ago and now the trade itself they they couldn't get a pick without sending one to new england for trent brown like seriously they yeah. had to give a seventh round pick to get a fifth back for <laughs> trent brown
4: isn't it always this way we're <laughs> We're gonna give you Khalil Mack, and we're and we're sending these trade these Max. draft picks on. Wait a minute, it's Khalil Mack, you should be getting everything in return. Why do like, you keep giving up these picks when you send people away? Does
2: does John Gruden think he has to give a pick up when he gets a pick back? Is that like
4: is this Belichick saying when you know when the it's the old uh you know um uh, uh Tom Cruise movie when he's agent and it comes in on the fax machine and Belichick's reading the old fax machine, he goes, Wait a minute, he must have made a mistake, he's also giving us a pick. Like what? What's that about? I didn't ask for a pick. I mean, like Jerry Maguire. It's like what, what? What is this? I mean, why are you giving picks back when they're taking them off your hands? And you know, they're getting you know, they're getting a starting tackle if he's healthy and willing to play hard. I, I don't. I don't get that. I think the all timer was the Cleo Mack trade that they actually gave anything back. But this, this, this is yet another d- uh, point where you're making where like I don't understand why you're giving anything other than the player.
3: Do you? Yeah,
2: it, it makes zero sense. Go ahead, Jared.
3: Oh, I was going to say, do you think that like teams have figured out like when they're <laughs> negotiating with Mike Mayock that if they like don't answer him when he makes his first offer, he'll start giving more? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, we'd like to give you a Trent Brown for a fifth. Huh.
2: <laughs> no, no. It started Trent Brown for a third, and the Belcheck yeah. just laughed, and it turned into, all right, a fifth, and I guess we'll give you a seventh with Trent Brown. I just... Okay, let's let's do Trent Brown's tweet this morning, too. Because uh. Trent Brown's tweet this morning is phenomenal. He tweeted, Money don't mean bleep if you ain't happy, I swear to God.
4: Okay. Oh. <laughs> just... It's, it's a great tweet. It's a great tweet. And it's once again, somehow... The athlete playing the victim like, hey, sorry, they gave you like 50 million to play 16 games or whatever it was. And sorry, you were so unhappy in Vegas where, you know, you got hurt and you never got healthy and played. And there were people in the locker room questioning your desire. I mean, really sorry about that. So sorry, you're not happy. Go play for 11 million. I love I mean, it, it treats incredible because it's just so cliche that somehow the athlete who has really done nothing now becomes the victims like, well, I'm not happy. happy. You're not happy. How I mean are, that is beautiful.
3: How are you unhappy in yeah. Vegas?
4: You're well, and that much money for
3: yeah. You're a I wealthy mean, football player in Vegas. I for the, for playing 16 games in two years. Come on. The first time it snows in New England, I bet yeah. you're gonna be on a flight I mean, to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. It it doesn't excuse
4: that the signing was a disaster, but I love Tyler's right. That it the tweet made our day because it's just so predictable that he was going to somehow turn around, hey, man, I feel he's, I feel bad for you, Trent. I, I hope you do well in New England.
2: It is uh, one uh, of the funniest tweets yes. I've ever seen because the Raiders, okay, they didn't just give him a lot of money. Trent Brown, when he signed his contract, it was the highest paid offensive <laughs> yes. lineman in the NFL. They made him the highest paid offensive lineman, got 16 games in two seasons out of him, and then Trent Brown, when he leaves, is like, I just wasn't happy there, and it's not about <laughs> the money. And if you go back to Sean Reed, who's going to join us earlier, to Sean Reed tweeted out a quote from Trent Brown, where Trent Brown said, the Raiders just made an offer that was too big. The Ra- when when he left New England the first time to come to the Raiders, he said that the Raiders made an offer that was too big, and he needed the money because his first signing bonus was $50,000. So he literally signed with the Raiders for money. He got sixty plus million dollars for two years, didn't play, and then sorta of kind of forced his way out of the Raiders to go back yes. to New England. I Trent Brown played the Raiders. Like Trent Brown came oh, in yeah. here yeah. and played them for sixty plus million dollars yes. or excuse me, thirty six yes. million dollars and and went back to New England. It's a phenomenal tweet that just sums up exactly what the last two years with yeah. Trent Brown have been, paying him a lot of
4: money to not actually get anything. Yeah. He got over on them. I mean, I guess good for I mean it's hilarious. Uh I guess it's not hilarious if you hear them because like it was a 36 million and you really got nothing out of them. Uh but yeah, he uh it's like they said uh D- Dak Prescott uh, bet on himself and got his deal. Is this Trent Brown betting on himself or is this just him kind of <laughs> like not doing anything and like getting 36 million and laughing and saying,
2: "They gave me 36 million dollars. Now I'm now I'm just going to leave." It's Trent Brown um, betting on John Gruden. Um, yes, yes. That's what it is. Trent Brown betting on John Gruden that John Gruden will give him a bunch of money and that he won't have to actually play for John Gruden. That's what it was. He bet on the Raiders' incompetence and he won. And now he's going back to New England with thirty-six million more dollars than he had to start. LeBron James. What's that? <laughs> what? Like, and that's the best part in all of this. If you look at Trent Brown's career. In New England, he had one really good year as a left yeah, tackle. Yeah. That's what they and signed him off of. Yeah. And yeah. like he, he was okay before that, but he had one really good year as a left tackle. And the Raiders made him the highest paid offensive lineman in football. And then put him at right tackle. They didn't even play him at left tackle. And he just like never played again. And then when he leaves, he says he was never happy here. Okay. And it, it was, you know, you can't have all this money if you're not happy. When he also said he signed, specifically for the money because he didn't make enough on his first contract. Oh, and, what a deal. What a and deal. And the other
4: thing is they made him which is hilarious. And I know I know they drafted Colton Miller. I get that. But you're gonna make a guy the highest paid offensive lineman in history and he's not playing left tackle Like, <laughs> you know quarterback um you know um you know end rusher i mean eventually in the top 5 positions of football you're getting to the left tackle because he's the guy protecting the guy making 30 40 million a year and you decided let's put him at the right spot and, and make him the highest paid offensive lineman and and look what happens it, i mean it's it's a disaster for the raiders the pick the, the, obviously the move was a disaster but trent brown has Given us a, a a lot to talk about this morning with
2: his with his whole take on the situation. So your current Raiders offensive line is Colton Miller Colton and Miller. Rodney Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess John Simpson, well, who was drafted in the what fourth yeah. round, and then played like twice, and said, "Oh God, we can't do that again." Den- Denzel so, Good, right?
3: I, well, think, they
4: I think they have to, yeah. to
2: re him. He's a
4: free okay. agent. So I think I think him. Incognito comes back. Well, you got to bring Richie back now. That you have all this money uh, freed up with Trent Brown. <laughs> They freed up Trent Brown money <laughs> to french- give Richie and Camino a raise. <laughs> yes, yes, that's why they did this. We got to get Richie Richie back. Get
2: rid of Trent.
3: <laughs> so that would give them basically half an offensive line. Yes,
2: yes. If they just bring back Richie, they'll have half an offensive line. Uh, and yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, you're right. They're gonna their first draft pick. We've been talking the whole time. It's going to be defense. Nope. They are no, drafting an offensive no. lineman with the first pick yep. with their first pick. No doubt about it. No Offensive lineman coming off the board. All right, coming up next, Ben Goats will join us as we'll jump into the Golden Knights' loss to the Minnesota Wild last night.
3: Zuccarello comes back up the boards, feeds across to the right, and a shot. Flurry the save, turning to his left, stopping Spurgeon, the defenseman.
1: Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff.
3: Joining
2: us now is former homecoming king Ben Goetz. Ben, how are you today?
0: Oh, I'm doing so much better because of that introduction. I'm just glowing. <laughs> stay on cloud stay positive,
4: Ben. Stay positive, Benny. Stay positive, even after the
0: loss last night. Stay positive, test negative. It's what you got to do.
2: <laughs> Wait a minute. When you, you when you won homecoming king, though, they announced you as Ben Gots, right?
0: Correct. Yes. Okay. They okay. So ever so slightly messed it up.
2: So let me correct myself. Homecoming king Ben Gotts joins the go. show. Darn right. Um, all right, Ben. So what's what's wrong with this team when they go to Minnesota? I know it's different teams, different years, but why why do they suck in Minnesota?
0: Yeah, it is just a house of horror there in XL Energy Center for them. I don't know it's because they got all the high school kid cutouts in the stands right now wearing the high school hockey sweaters that are creeping them out, but... There's something uh, funky about the mojo in that place for the Knights. Is it uh, it's interesting because it, I think the Wild are a team that matches up in just such an interesting way with the Knights, which is one reason why they haven't necessarily had a ton of success against the Wild. The Wild have one of the kind of deepest blue lines in the NHL, so they have kind of waves of defensemen that can get back and kind of cut off the Knights' transition game, which is how they generate so much of their offense. And then the Wild are also kind of one of the rare teams in the NHL that can match the Knights up depth-wise. I mean, I thought the Wild's third line last night of uh, Zach Parisi, who was Pete DeBoer's captain for a time in New Jersey, uh, Kevin Fiala and Victor Rask was the best line on either team last night. So the Wild do not necessarily have the star power of the Knights, uh, but of course, two of the Knights' stars and Mark Stone and Alex Petrangelo were out last night, which makes it a pretty even playing field. And... Yeah, the Wild ended up holding serve at home. They are four and one or four oh and one against the Knights in XL Energy Center, which is crazy. Well,
4: Stone was out, so there's not much juice in the lineup, but let me ask you this. Um, you know, and we're gonna overreact. We always love to overreact in the press box, so it's a overreaction Tuesday. Mark Stone out of the lineup is interesting and obviously no one thinks it's gonna be long term, but what did you see? Like what let's just say that happened and everything. What 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 did you see that's different when he's out comparative to when he's in, in terms of what you saw last night. And I know it's just one game, but why not?
0: So the biggest difference is simply that, you know, kind of depth scoring that I talk about the Knights you usually have. Uh, is Not there as much because you move Alex Tuck from the third line where he has just really carried the offense for that line. He's been a one-man wrecking crew, especially coming into that game where he had scored a goal in four straight. So all of a sudden now you have a third line of Nicholas Waugh, Cody Glass, and Keegan Colasar. And those are guys that so far haven't been scoring at 5-on-5. Five five. Now, they certainly had opportunities. Colasar had a really nice look last night. But, you know, so far they haven't been able to actually get a bunch of pucks in the net. So all of a sudden you kind of go from this, you know, three scoring lines to potentially just two last night. And then when you go through the the power play, which Pizza War was not happy with last night. I mean, Mark Stone, and obviously we saw this. Uh, last week in the first game against the Minnesota Wild, when he had five primary assists, Mark Stone's ability to just unlock a defense and just break them down with one pass is nearly, you know, unparalleled, basically, in the NHL. So, not having that guy that can, you know, open up ice or find seams in really tight spaces makes everything just a little bit more difficult for the Knights, and that was the reason they were zero for three. On the powerful yesterday, that was the reason that they kind of struggled to generate much on that late six on five. It just made everything harder for them, and that was part of the reason why they ended up not scoring last night.
2: So if that was a preview of what this team looks like with one of their top six injured, trade deadline-wise, do they need to trade for another forward that can score just sort of in case of injury? Because if they lose somebody in the playoffs, all of a sudden they only have two lines that can score?
0: Yeah, I would definitely be looking at forwards if I were them. Not necessarily a guy that necessarily has to play in the top six because I think having Alex Tuck out there as your first line right wing is not a bad thing. But you just need then someone that can pop in on the third line and produce offense. So I would think that that's something that the Knights are going to look at before the trade deadline, with which is April 12th. So they got about a month to try to figure something out. Uh, but I am fascinated to see how much actually – gets done in the next month with, with all the things that are kind of swirling around the trade deadline this year, complicating things because obviously you have the tight salary cap where no one got a bunch of money. I believe, you know, 20 or so teams have less than $4 million in cap space right now. It is just tight. So teams, instead of maybe trading draft picks for players might have to do more player to player swaps, which gets interesting because then, okay, what are you giving up to get someone? Are the salaries matching? And then when you talk about other teams that the Knights are potentially dealing with, there are other teams that are dealing with the expansion draft that is happening uh, this off season as well. So any team that wants to acquire someone with term, all of a sudden has to factor in the expansion draft calculus into their thinking. So between kind of that, and of course the whole COVID restrictions of it all going on, where it's going to be tough for guys to jump into a place right away. And then just because of the schedule tough for them to get a lot of practice time in with whatever team they're going to be on right away Uh, late in the season as well. The trade deadline is less than a month before the end of the regular season. Uh, I'm real fascinated to see what actually ends up getting done. I think it's something the Knights absolutely need to look at, but I think it's going to be real tricky trying to thread the needle to find the perfect deal with someone out there.
4: Are you believe it when you see it when it comes to Robin Leonard? (laughs) At this
0: point, I think you have to be. He's been out for, I mean, play a while now and now it's starting to catch up with the Knights in terms of how crazy the schedule is in March where you got 17 games in a single month including you know back to back last week and back to back again this weekend um so at this rate in time I mean obviously it's good that they're not rushing him back but it's been so long now at this point where I think they've got to find a way to adjust and kind of deal with to that.
2: There's my dog. Well, he he doesn't like he doesn't like that. The old he Leonard is not happy right? at all with that no. st- opinion, Ben. He's
3: big Leonard guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, where were we? What were you saying, Ben?
0: Robin Leonard. <laughs> Robin Leonard. Yeah, he's been he's been out for like I said so long now. Where I think you have to adjust that two headed monster that you were hoping to have uh, in goal. Just obviously has not been there for a majority. Of this season, you have a one-headed monster right now in Marc-Andre Fleury, but I think you've got to start planning that this is going to be a little bit longer term and potentially adjust your usage at some point because they have gone to Fleury so often here It's been 12 games out of 13 that he's played where you've got to ease back, I would think, at some point if you're Coach Pete DeBoer just because you need this guy to be playing well, uh, not in March, not in April, but in May and beyond. And so you've got to, you know, because you have pretty good lead in the standings right now if you're the ninth you might have to you know give them some rest days now to potentially save those legs for down the road
2: so do you think they give them a day off against st louis or do you think they try to save it for the bottom teams in this division and make flurry play through the back-to-back against st louis this weekend
0: i would assume that they're for sure going to give oscar dance a start against st louis just because i think that would for sure be kind of excessively pushing it I'll be curious to see if they do kind of the same setup as they did against San Jose where Oscar dance gets the first game where guys' legs are a little bit better. They have a little bit more jump. So that theoretically makes it a little bit easier on him. He still makes the misplay at the end of that game to uh, force overtime. And of course the Knights end up getting him the win anyway. But I think that would be the setup that they'll probably continue to go with. But my question would more be, is there at some point when, the middle of the week where they've got this kind of game every other day structure where they actually give flurry one of these days off. Because I think at some point you have to, rather than just saying we're only going to play Oscar Danskin back to back because like I said, I think long-term that's eventually going to catch up with them. And these regular season games at this point, and I know the coaching staff would probably be loathe to say it are not critically important. The Knights based on how they've, you know, raced out to start the season are going to be in the playoffs they're not necessarily fighting for a playoff spot the back half of the regular season they need to make sure they're in good shape for when the postseason actually comes around
4: you know Ben we asked Ryan this yesterday I want to ask you about this let's say everyone's healthy and you know you the know, top six are in order and all that give us your opinion on how the fourth line is played and would you have made changes by now with someone like Reeves
0: you know, it's a really interesting question because I think it's a really hard debate if you're a coach to, you know, trust these kind of all veteran guys, right? These are not, for the most part, at least how they rolled out last night, young guys that are not playing up to the standards that they've set previously. No matter what you think of how the fourth line has done in in previous years, they've typically been a very good possession line that has generated a forecheck and then kind of put the subsequent lines that come in after them in good position. They're not doing that as much this year. They have moments where they have really good shifts in the offensive zone. They had one last night but they don't do it consistently enough. So I would think at some point, if you're you know, Pete DeVore, you have to look to adjust their usage a little bit. Now, do you do that in the regular season? I think that's tricky, especially with, as I talked about earlier, just how condensed the schedule is. I mean, you need those guys at some point to just eat minutes so that your top guys don't have to as much. You saw that uh, in their second game against San Jose, where uh, Reeves, Nosa, and Carrier – all played big minutes in that game because the Knights got out to an early lead and they were just sitting on it. So Pete DeBoer was like, I'm going to rest, you know, my top six's legs a little bit and let these guys run a little bit more than I'm used to. But uh, that's another thing ahead of the trade deadline. I think they really got to figure out, okay, is this just a slump or, you know, have these guys' games fallen off a little bit and what adjustments can we make both internally and externally to fix it? Because right now, It's not working. I don't think it's the most important issue for the team to address because once the playoffs come around, they're obviously not going to be on the ice as much, and when they are on the ice, you're probably going to put them in relatively sheltered situations. But it's still not something where you can watch night in and night out and see them get pinned in their defensive zone and think that things are okay.
2: Well, he is Ben Goats or Gots or Gets, but he was the homecoming queen. That's all that matters. Yeah. Get some juice in you. Get some
0: orange
4: juice in you, baby. You need some juice. We
2: appreciate, appreciate it, this morning. it, guys.
4: Thanks. Say, <laughs> man.
2: Oh, oh boy, you gotta man. have your juice
4: in the morning, Tyler. We have some juice for an hour this morning. We we're waiting to get on.
2: We did well, we we didn't have the juice. <laughs> that was the problem. We had zero juice for an hour this morning. That's why we weren't on the air. We're a lack of juice. <laughs> all right. Coming up next, we'll talk to Luke Perg. Dandy? And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Five foot two guys in the transfer portal and UNLV needs to add him immediately.
0: We're checking in on the latest news from PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today
1: and find the very best odds.
2: Joining us now is Luke Perdandy from PropSwap and Luke. I'm looking at a tweet that you guys have a ticket available for Loyola Chicago to win the national championship that pays out $90,000. How much is that (laughs) ticket actually uh, for sale for?
1: Yeah, how fun is that ticket? Uh, He he visited Vegas last June. That's $60 at 1,500 to 1 odds on Loyola (laughs) Chicago. He had that ticket posted for sale now for eight hundred and ninety dollars. Uh wow, he actually lowered it this morning. It's now at eight hundred dollars. Netted odds of a hundred and twelve to one on Loyola Chicago. DraftKings has Loyola Chicago at forty five to one. So you're literally yes. getting twice the value by using Propswap as opposed to you know a huge sports book like DK.
4: Couple, a uh, couple of rosary beads from Saint Jean on uh, Saint uh, Saint Jean on that one. Jeez, um, I want to ask quick. you this. I don't, I don't know if the books. I think they write tickets on this, or if you ever seen these, it interests me because I keep seeing people put this on Twitter. Do books write tickets on like Gonzaga versus the field?
1: Yeah, there was um, Gonzaga and Baylor versus the field, okay. and the field was like minus one twenty. Jeez. I will take the field all day long. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. in a COVID March madness. Like, yeah. especially you look at this year, no Duke, no Kentucky. North Carolina is awful. You know, Michigan State has got hot a little bit recently, but they still have, you know, 11 losses in conference play. Um, so, in my opinion, this tournament is just going to have so many upsets in it. So, to to you know, take two to one odds on Gonzaga right now. I just, I just don't understand that. Yeah.
2: The field at minus one. Wouldn't the field be minus one twenty even if both teams like made the final four and there were only four teams left? Like that seems extremely.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Do, you,
2: do you guys have any other? Uh, we, we've seen some movement, not with Gonzaga, but Baylor losing, Michigan losing. Do you guys have any movement on like the second tier of teams? Ohio State, Illinois, Houston, those type of teams.
1: Yeah, tons of Illinois tickets we've been selling. It is this year. So you had Illinois at a hundred to one odds in December. Oh you wow. had Michigan Jeez. at a hundred to one odds in December. I mean crazy movement in that second tier of teams. Um, so, yeah, we can't keep an Illinois ticket on the shelf. They're all the way down to ten to one. Odds is Illinois, we've been selling tickets at about fifteen to one on them all week. Yeah. Um, Florida State, obviously they ran into Notre Dame this weekend. I'm not ready to completely write off Florida State just because of the one fumble over the weekend. Florida State has got a lot of steam recently. Um, Texas has been uh, very popular in Provsoff, and Iowa. I would say those mm-hmm. are the, the hot teams in that second group. But there's, there's so many teams that can win this thing this year. Like we talked about Loyola, Chicago. I think Texas actually is legitimate. Uh, Tennessee has been uh, hot in the last couple of weeks. Arkansas, popular team from the SEC with Muffelman, their head coach. Yeah, there's just there's so many options to, to take. And again, like I'm not saying that all of those teams are going to win the national championship. But what I am saying is, you, if you bet on them now and they go to the Sweet Sixteen at the Elite Eight, you can sell that ticket on props up for five times what you're paying for it today. You know, and if you make two tickets. Great! Now you can sell one ticket on PropSwap once that team goes to the elite eight, and then hold on to the other one for some upside.
2: Well, he is Luke Bergdandy from PropSwap.com. Luke, we appreciate it this morning. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Right. Uh, you um, got you got to
4: take the. field. It's like Tiger on a Sunday plus the field when he was going well. Don't you always take the field?
2: Yeah. Of I mean, well, depending on what the odds are, if it's only yeah, minus one twenty, you got that's you the amazing. Yeah, you
4: brought that up. The amazing part's the minus one twenty.
2: Like, Like Gonzaga's Gonzaga's been dominant the entire season, but how confident are you that Gonzaga's actually going to win the NCAA tournament? I mean, six more. I don't think anybody's actually that confident. Hey, they got to win one tonight, Ed. It's seven more. You you know who's not confident? That guy who used to be our Sharp. He doesn't like the Zags (laughs) at all, that guy. We'll get a new Sharp tomorrow. (laughs) Don't bet against Gonzaga.